Welcome to Middle School Matters, Podcast 92, Advisory Cartoons. And welcome back to the show. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize for last week's audio. <laughs> Apparently I did not listen long enough and Sean kind of came out like he was across the room. And uh, that was not intentional. <laughs> we certainly want Sean in the same room. <laughs> and, and, and technically I'm not in the same room, but uh, I'm in the same state, which is close enough. Yes. And... Um, and then we had some more issues this week, so we're going to hope this one goes well, because now we've, <laughs> we've switched from Skype to iChat, and uh, so we'll see if we can get the sound, because we were having some, let's just say we were having some technical difficulties with Skype today. Having some issues. Issues. Yeah, so, uh... Right across the net we're having issues, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, as usual, I'm Troy Patterson, and with me is Mr... And I'm Sean Wicker. It's good to be with you. And we're we're, ho- for advisory. we're hoping the audio comes out better this time. So <laughs> we'll do a little bit of playing with this. So um, here we go. We've we're going to start with um, a little test for Sean here. You ready? Oh. How do you put a giraffe okay. into an elevator? How do you put a giraffe into an elevator? You fold it up like an accordion, or you, you, you it's like the Washington Monument where you lower it at night so the airplanes don't hit it. You just kind of shrink, shrink it. I don't know. How do you do it? Open the refrigerator, put in the giraffe, close the door. This test oh. questions whether you tend to do things, to do simple things in an overly complicated way. That would okay. be me, yes. yes. Second question. In Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Second question. How do you put an elephant into the refrigerator? Uh, you push in the elephant and you close the door. Wrong. <laughs> the correct answer is you open the refrigerator, take out the giraffe, put the <laughs> elephant in, and close the door. I, I knew I missed a step somewhere. <laughs> this tests your ability to think through the repercussions of your previous actions. I am so concrete. <laughs> step three. Question three. Okay. The the Lion King is hosting an animal conference. <laughs> all the I just got this one. <laughs> all the animals attend except right. one. <laughs> which yeah. which animal does not attend? The elephant. He's still in the refrigerator. Very good. <laughs> this this question tests your memory. <laughs> Which happens to be an elephant. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. Question four. <laughs> There's a river you must cross, but it is used by crocodiles, and you do not have a boat. How do you manage it? I get a refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> no, you jump into the river and swim across. Haven't you been listening? All the crocodiles are attending the animal meeting. <laughs> this test whether you learn quickly from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, they tend to be permanent, though. <laughs> According to Anderson Consulting Worldwide, around 90% of the professionals they tested got all questions wrong, but many preschoolers got several correct answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my life is cluttered. Apparently, <laughs> there you go. And um, we're going to post the questions and the answers on the the website. Um, but I want people to know that Sean did not have the answers in front of no. him. I'm actually, I'm very professional. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually, Sean did have the answers in front of him, but he couldn't see them. Okay. Oh, you put them in white. <laughs> I put them in white so that so that as you were reading along, <laughs> you couldn't see them. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and, and, and you know what? There's a high percentage of preschoolers that got that one right too. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and, then, <laughs> and this is a this is something that I used to use with the kids too. You can do a reveal kind of thing for um, because if you highlight it, you can read the text. <laughs> but if you if you have light white text, you know white letters on white paper and a white background just doesn't show up. Highlight it, and boom, there it is. It comes out really nice. So. Cool. So, <laughs> no, no, I can't use that trick again, though. <laughs> no, actually, you probably could. <laughs> I just have to wait more than a week. <laughs> Give me a week. I'll forget it. Oh, dear. All right. So we had that, and we um, I thought that was cute, and I thought that I'd share with that. And then I thought that was something you could share with, the, with kids as well, because there's nothing school inappropriate about it and it's just a lot of fun and there's probably one kid in the class who's going to get it right and it's probably not the kid that usually gets the questions right so it's I thought it'd be a four year old so you can check that one out okay um, last week Sean even though people could bar- probably barely hear it <laughs> you brought up the issue of a school district banning Facebook Right, and and my comment was, they I'm sure they couldn't have just banned it. It had to be like from official use. Right, and, we were, it was, and I was right. A, it, I just want to yes, point that out true. there. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's something that had crossed uh, my desk somewhere, and um, there's uh, and we just touched on it. We really didn't delve into it or go too into it. We just you know we we just it was one of those things that popped up in discussion. Um, but there were several examples I found online, and really they, they fall into categories. Um, yes, districts are banning teachers from using um, social networking in general, Twitter and Facebook, not just not just Facebook, which is where it came up in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago Public Schools, for example, uh, prohibits it. Um, there were a couple districts in Mississippi that banned it and then unbanned it. Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Dallas-Fort Worth was the one that banned it, then unbanned it. Two Mississippi uh, districts are banning social networking. Um, there's, there's a huge discussion across the, the Internet about should teachers even be using Facebook and, and Twitter and things like that, and, and should districts just go right out and, and ban it you know, altogether. Uh, there, there's a couple issues that pop up. Um, well, background issues. Let's talk about background first. Yeah. The reason why districts are concerned about it is because, uh, first of all, you've got that teacher every now and then that ruins it for all the rest of us by sitting on her motorcycle and not wearing anything and posts it to her Facebook and her students find it. Um, mm-hmm. The teacher that says something completely inappropriate, not necessarily even about school, but it is, it's, it's so not – it would violate the standards, local community standards for – Language and everything um, that the Supreme Court set up, and so um, and we're using iChat, so I have nowhere to find that. By the way, uh, um, yeah, all right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is this is one way to have an inside conversation, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I gotta get I have to use iChat more apparently. Um, Okay, so yeah, let me explain. I was use the effects on you. Let me explain uh, to the audience what it is that we're doing. Again, we're using iChat instead of Skype right now. And um, just a little kind of inside baseball here. Normally, we not only have a video chat going, but we also have a text chat going where if there's things that come up, we can kind of whisper in each other's ear, so to speak. And one of the things that had been had come up was that Twitter was down. And we were working on Twitter, and so I went to I went to it, and I, so I I uh, chatted with Sean that Twitter's back up. <laughs> Only Sean apparently knew something was happening, just didn't know what. <laughs> and it's, it's it's very ambiguous. Uh, Smarty has sent you a message. Oh, where is it? <laughs> I guess I have to click you to find out. Oh, will I accept or decline his message? Well, I don't know. What does it say? <laughs> What's it about? So yeah, so I, I found it, and 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 it, your picture's there, and and that's a very interesting um, 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 uh, uh, photo you're using for your uh, avatar there. Yes, well, yeah. So it, I, you know, but you know, I will say this: your district would approve of that picture of your avatar. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> they would. It's just an older picture. It's not. And, and, and districts are thinking about, you know, how do we protect the kids? And mm-hmm. and really, outside of school hours, there's they really can't protect the kids. Uh, one of the issues that I've had a conversation with some of the teachers at school is about language. There's certain acceptable language uh, that's allowed at school. And the kids are using completely unacceptable language as part of their regular everyday language because that's what they're hearing at home. Their folks are using it in, in an everyday situation sort of way. And so for them, this is this is normal, sadly. And so they come to, they bring it to school and they're just they're using what they consider to be normal. Mm-hmm. And of course we you know are offended and we know what the words mean and and, and suddenly they do too. Um, and the same thing here. Outside of school setting, they're gonna go and do this and see this, and there's nothing until you get the school, you know, that has the ability to punish students for what they do at home, or discipline students, I should say, for what they do at home. You're not gonna stop this. No, but that does lead to the idea of directly teaching appropriate language and where language is appropriate. And so that, who has more power? Well, who and has more power. The, the teacher or the parent but it, it's not a power issue it's a that and, and, and this a lot of this comes from Ruby Payne where yeah, Ruby Payne says words my says that it's important that we teach the different levels of conversation the different constructs of conversation and that 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 conversation those word choices may be perfectly appropriate at home but in this setting, they're not appropriate. And she teaches the difference between formal language and casual language. Um, there's like five or seven different levels that she te- that she says. And she says schools need to, to, to directly teach this. And I don't think that, that schools actually, I don't think every school recognizes and propagates the teaching of those different levels of, of uh, different, constructs of language it's not we just say that you know that's not appropriate you know that's not right instead of saying okay you're in school and this is in school this is school language this is formal language this is where you need to learn how to do this and this is why and she does it as a piece of the poverty prevention or you know part of the dealing with poverty but it's something that I think goes beyond just poverty as well I still think that, and I'm, obviously I'm not really paying, nor do I have the same, uh, I don't have the same amount of time to spend on the research and do all that. I mean, I can read a book and whatnot, but, um, but, but home has stronger, home definitely has a stronger pull than, uh, than in the classroom does, I think. It's my opinion. And I'm welcome to it. <laughs> You're welcome to it. So that was one piece of this. One piece right, of this is the ling- is the the language and what type of language. But there is other there's other pieces to this. I think this is actually a very complex issue, mm-hmm. and I think this is also an issue that's coming up more and more, and is going to come up more and more in um, in our world as part of what's changed about teaching. Uh, apparently, there are some districts where schools are chasing down their students on Facebook and chasing them down on social networking sites. And you know, one of the policies is designed to keep teachers from bullying students online. The uh, cyberbullying link that we're going to post, uh, teachers are prohibited from using Facebook to communicate with students because they're afraid that it's going to lead to cyberbullying on the teacher's part. I suppose it could go the other direction as well, too. Cyberbullying on the student's part. You talk about some of the older kids when they've figured out more complex ways of manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, this the standard, you know, well, we don't want you doing it because you might post something inappropriate. It's uh, a preemptive strike instead of trust but verify. Well, and it's also the issue of, especially for teachers, um, where, where does the role of teacher start and end? Um, you know, obviously, when you're at school... There's certain things you can and can't do, but when you're not at school, where where is that line? And I think that's what's what's currently 
kind of up for grabs and kind of what's what's changing is um what is where is that line you know if you you know if you go out for a beer is that okay obviously it's not if you're on the job but if it's six o'clock at night is that okay um and there's the the moral turpitude code and you know how far does that go because our lives are becoming much much more public than they used to be and on the back of a teacher's certificate in our state anyway, it's not referred to as a job so much as it's referred to as an office. You have to take a teacher's oath. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the back of your, your teaching certificate. And, and teaching is considered a political office, so to speak. It, it's, it's considered an office um, on, the, on the licensure form that you have to sign. Half of it goes to your district and half of it goes somewhere where you esteem things. And... Um, you know, there's that concept there too. I mean, so when are you off the job if it's an office? You, you have office hours, um, and even then, and some of these sites even bring this up as part of one of the reasons why they want to talk about the the ban on social networking. Is all right. So can my district at nine o'clock at night? Can they force me not to blog? Can they force me not to tweet? Can they force me not to post things on Facebook? It, right, and now I'm going to kind of go back to the. The beginning of the story where in Chicago they're saying that you can't use Facebook or Twitter, I think, as a as an official means of of um, discussion. And um, some of the some of the um, teachers were saying because they want you to use their proprietary system. And some of the teachers are saying, "Yeah, but the proprietary system doesn't work." <laughs> you know, it's it's oh, nice, yeah. it's in theory, but it it doesn't work. It doesn't allow me to do this. It doesn't allow me to do that. And some of the districts are thinking, "Well, we have to keep track of all communication between teachers and parents and teachers and students. Let's keep it all in one location. Because if a teacher contacts or a student contacts a teacher, uh, I hate to say off hours, but uh, during non-instructional hours, how's that sound? Yeah, then." Um, how do we maintain, how do we re- record that? Of course, ownership depends on where the message resides. And if it do, you're doing it on Facebook or Twitter or even cell phone uh, texting, the message doesn't reside with the district, which actually gets into a whole other issue of um, regulation because how can they regulate something they don't own? But that's for the lawyers, not for not for me. Um yeah, there's there's a number of districts that are now starting to address this because it is becoming pervasive, especially with younger teachers, according to what we've been reading. And we'll post the links in the show notes. Um, it's popular with younger teachers. Uh, a lot of older teachers are starting to use it as well. Facebook is hugely popular among an older population rather than the young, just out of college population. Um, well, and a lot of teachers use it for... And that, that brings up another question. If you are on Facebook, should you friend your students or should you friend former students? And there are some that would say yes and some would say no. Yeah. Uh, if, of course, if you just come around and say, look, I'm not going to friend any of, my, any of my students or my former students, and I'm just going to use this for a professional learning network or, you know, even just, you know, being social in general, um, does that, is that the concern of the, of the school district? And that's where I think you're getting, we're getting into the the difference between what is public, because our lives are becoming much more public. There's some questions we all have to answer, and I think there's a lot of people that are really trying to do the best they can to answer those questions. But I don't think there's a lot of there's there's not always clean answers. You remember? Have you ever seen that little? sign that Greenfield Village sells that says rules for teachers 18 something or other yeah 72 I think it is um, you know female teachers may only date once a week um, I'm sorry male teachers may, may date once a week the female teachers they can't uh, they must bring in a skull of coal per day plus I think a bucket of water and there's a number of other things but in those lists of rules are um, things that involve the teacher's life outside of just being their classroom day I th- so I think it's something that uh, school boards and teachers have struggled with back and forth 
for a very long time. Whether it be, I mean, obviously it's not social networking, but it's right. it's other aspects of of private life. Now there are some who have said that teachers should live in the community. They should be a member of the community. They should be uh, accessible to the community all the time, always on. Yes, but and I think so, we've kind uh, of gotten away from from that. In general. Right, and then there's some that are advocating we go back to that. Right. Like, for example, the principal's house should be across the street from the school, and um, he, should, he should be there at the school 24-7, basically, and at every function of the school, and not that he hasn't already, but, I mean, you see where I'm going with this. Yes. Six days a week, opens it, closes it, community comes in whenever they want. Mm-hmm. And... And and, and the principal wants. And you also have to understand that Obama's and Obama and Duncan are calling for more community involvement, longer school days, longer school years. Um, and you can see that in the recently passed bill in Michigan that would reintroduce a minimum number of days to the school year. And that number is gonna is gonna go up by five days in I forgot two or three years. So it's and you can only guess at what's gonna happen in another two or three years, another five years. You know, there's a there's a lot of a lot of skepticism out there about the number of days that teachers are in front of kids. So that's going to be interesting because Michigan had switched purely to a hours on time, you know instructional hours, and now we're going back to instructional hours and school days as schools just lengthen the day and cut days out. And parents went, "Well, wait a minute here, <laughs> you know, because if you add fifteen minutes to your day, that adds up, that racks up additional time quite a bit." Part of that was in response to the Kalkaska problem, where Kalkaska ran out of money and said, mm-hmm. okay, we're shutting down 10 weeks early. Bye-bye. And the state, of course, then said, what about you know instructional hours and all this other sort of thing? And Kalkaska said, there is no money. We That's it. That's that's all there is to it. Right. Uh, and so they said, well, what if you what if we said just a number of hours? And Kalkaska said, okay, so we could go four days a week instead of five, but add an extra hour a day. And that would... And the money that they saved in custodial costs would keep them operational for the whatever what we consider a normal regular school year. And, and on, another part of this was the movement away from seat time. It was a, a slight movement away from seat time. So that was that was another piece because there there are a lot of people that say you know education is going to look differently and maybe we need to uh, to change the way that we're we're looking at what does competency mean so there was a movement toward um making making for some differences and looking at it um how kids are gain credit which still could have profound effects for middle school uh definitely we consider you know um adding uh, experiences that uh, that soak up time because kids are putting together you know those hands on experiences that we want the kids to have so alright well lots lots to consider Um, oh by the way uh, did you know that uh, podcast uh, there's a podcast award thing podcast there is podcast podcast awards yeah Uh, and of course the uh, (laughs) the opportunity to submit nominations ends today (laughs) But uh, uh, and since this isn't probably going to get out until very late tonight, <laughs> um, I hope they pick us because there was at least one nomination. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought it was fun. We don't even expect they uh, yeah. actually expect anything out of it. I just thought it was fun because we sometimes talk about using uh, uh, iTunes and and, and um, asking folks for for comments over on iTunes. And so we, mm-hmm. we certainly do appreciate that. If folks want to go and leave a comment about the podcast over at iTunes, we appreciate that. Cast a vote. Um, let other folks know how you feel. And we, we also appreciate the feedback. And you could also send feedback to middleschoolmatters.com and uh, email us at middleschooleducators at gmail.com mm-hmm. and contact us on Twitter at msmatters. 
uh, talk to us on Facebook because both of us are on Facebook, and um, and, and and Troy will find it on TweetDeck, and I'll find it by accident. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, um, one of the most popular topics for us is always advisory, and you have something with advisory this week too. Um, yeah, if we're going, if we're sticking to the show notes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would from, be a uh, first. <laughs> this is why, what your reason why I ask is because I'm hesitant. <laughs> I'm not sure we are. Um, we got a, a message last week from during this past week from Alaska Jenny, and who found this from the Dove um, soap product company people. I'm not sure who their parent is, but you know Dove soap, mm-hmm. and, and um, uh, they, they put down. Uh, they've put down. Ha! Huh? They've put out a number of body image videos, and this one is actually from originates, I guess, in Canada because the the suffix on the URL is has a Canadian suffix to it. Uh, but it's really cool. It's a neat uh, idea. They've taken a model, and they've shown you know how do they start out and how they end up because no, we only see the finished product up in the billboard. Well, they start out with the the model, and they do the shoot and the. In kind of a stop motion type of thing where they show different sections getting ready for the shoot, all the stuff she has to go through to get dialed up for the shoot, and then um, what they do in Photoshop to make her look different, and then how she actually appears on the billboard when the entire thing is done. It's 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 a short video. Um, Looks like one minute and sixteen seconds. Yeah, it's not lo- not very long at all. Uh, would generate some interesting discussion, especially if you talk about it in terms of not makeup but in terms of war paint and get uh, get a get a, a reaction out of the kids from from that term um, and of course you're kidding you're not serious about you know calling it war paint um, well it you may it, not be, but it does bring it does bring out the it allows you to talk about what it is that you see on TV and on movies and mm-hmm. in print ads and okay, how real is that? And um, this one is this one is actually very nice because um, there is no um, there's not even because some of those ads are really nice, but they're they're barely clothed, <laughs> you know. Right, um, right. And this one is just a headshot. And it even shows them doing some of the Photoshop work where they stretch her neck out a little bit. And that part, I think, is absolutely uh, absolutely profound. So this is something you could easily show in class. You do have to, I think you do probably have to have a Facebook account to see this one. Um, where yeah, where we have it posted. Video. But there is a, um, we'll try to put the other link in there too. Because there is a... Uh, um, a generic URL. Yeah, and I'll, I'll poke around on that while you're looking at the, uh, or talking about the uh, the next great idea for advisory. Oh, really? One, oh, oh, this one also comes from Facebook. This one was me, wasn't it? Um, actually, I think this one came from Twitter. <laughs> trying to remember where I got this one from. Um, this one came from either Twitter, and it relates to Facebook, is I think what it is. And, um, and well, here it is. The, um, um, I'll read you the, the snippet here. The idea is simple enough to implement in any size advisory group in any amount of time and in any way that best suits the needs of the student and teacher in the group. Students can be asked to list 5, 10, 20, or 25 random things about themselves. Students can create written or verbal lists or both. Lists can be kept private or volunteers can be asked to share them. Students can be asked to tally how many things they have in common with other students if the lists are shared. Um, Students can be asked to choose their three most random things to be explored at a later date, possibly as an assignment in another class. Depending on how often advisory groups meet and how long advisory classes last, the 25 random things, in quotes, can be done in one day or spread out over the week. And so here's here's basically the gist of this is that um, in Facebook there was a, a meme going around where you would post 25 random things about yourself and kind of pass it on. And it's a way to kind of get to know people. And this is would be a good way for kids to get to know each other. And it would be a good way for 
teachers to kind of get to know kids too, uh, just get to know other things about them. Because remember, the advisory idea is that you learn something about the kids. It's very affective. It's something that you want to learn who the kids really are. And this is just um, another activity that you could do to kind of do that. So um, you could certainly implement that. And um, again, you could do that over one day. You could pick five things. You could pick um, 25 things. And this would be something that, something that would be beneficial that the teacher would, could participate in as well. And they would list, you know, they would do the five things, random things about themselves, too. So, just a quick advisory idea um, that you could share with people. And part of this is creating a safe environment, too. I think that's really, really important as part of this. So, check that out for advisory. And then you have one more. I have one more. It's not so much an idea as maybe a resource for an idea. Um Chad Fry is a fellow I went to college with. Uh, he does illustration work. And he's doing right now, during the month of October, the Monster a Day for a Month. And it's all different kinds of monsters. But it, you, know, you can certainly leave, uh, leave, lead to some ideas for an advisory. I don't necessarily have one for an advisory. I just thought it might be a resource that somebody out there could use for an advisory during the month of October. I just, yeah, I know. I just, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that would be... Um, now, when you go to that, what is... Is that under... Because um, I see several things. Animation, um, illustrations, character, caricatures, comics, and sketchbook. Uh, I'm going to um, guess it's going to be under... Uh, yeah, caricatures, <laughs> I guess. Um, maybe not. Um, there's a variety of different things there. Uh, and I will see if I can specify it more... This was one I found just as Chad, or Chad, just as Troy was going, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought nuts. nuts. Um, <laughs> I know he's got some really good stuff, and it's it's stuff that you're going to be able to use in your classroom. He doesn't do anything that you wouldn't do in your classroom, or he would not do anything that is inappropriate for your classroom. Um, he's not that kind of guy. He's not that kind of comic. He's not that kind of illustrator. So if he is, it is very high quality work, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. He's and he's got a great sense of humor. So, so um, cool. Let's find the monster one. All right. So let's. I'm going to point out a couple of uh, web spotlight things because uh, we've been kind of kind of uh, low on some of those lately. Um, comic creation online. Um, is this something you've ever played around with at all, dear Sean? Uh, not until I saw a certain thing show up in our shared email account saying password and account. I thought, <laughs> oh, I better check. I, this might be worthy of checking out. And I looked at it, and I think it's very interesting. I didn't get a chance to play with it, but I think it looks very interesting. Okay, so here's the first one that um, we're going to do. Is This is called Witty Comics at, surprisingly enough, wittycomics.com. And this is one that I, that I, I played around with just a, just a little bit, but I thought it was very interesting. Um, it's easy to use. It is. Uh, they essentially give you um, a background scene and then two people and balloons in there. So you uh, you can change the scene by easily clicking on the scene. You can change the people. They give you quite a variety of people to check out. And then it just says words underneath there, and you just type in the words, and they show up. So this would be a quick and easy way. You can change the bubbles, too, if you want. This one was very quick and easy to use. Registration went really smoothly. Um, I could see where you could use this um, to get across the point. Very easy, very very graphical. You could have the kids write stories using this if you wanted. Um, you know, it's just panel just panel comics so um that would be very easy to use very and like i said that one was just no problem to use whatsoever um and i i actually i did a cartoon it's not very funny um but (laughs) i did a cartoon um and 
So, uh, you know, you can you can take a look through that. Um, and that one was really, really easy to use. Can I stress? That's great for vocab. Yeah. You could do Sorry. vocab. Yeah. You could do... Um, SAT vocab, even. You could do any kind of conversation-y things. Because it's visual... It's going to give the kids another another means to access it, um, and sometimes they would just remember it because it is visual. I would see it as additionally. Um, it's it, it looks like there's a couple of things. One is as a teacher, you could easily put something together for handouts, for presentations, for something like that. Um, presentations. Yeah, because I'm thinking you could do like a little little. Um, Bubbles in the presentation, use Jing to copy it and paste it. I don't remember if you can actually save them or print them um, very easily or not. Using something like uh, Snaps Pro and then use that, import it that way into your presentation. Well, I was I was giving them Jing because Jing is free. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I know. You know or if you're on a Mac, you can use... Skitch is a great program, and you could use, and you could just take a snapshot of it, and then you could put it in, you know, you could put it on test, you could put it, if you're given paper test, you could put it on a presentation. Um, like at NMSA? You could, like at NMSA. You could do a lot of things with it very, very easily. I can't uh, see what you, I can't wait to see what you've done then. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> there's an, another one that I found was TuneDo, which is Tune D-O-O. And that one wasn't, that one just, I, I guess I didn't quite grok that one as quickly as um, as I did the um, the witty comics. So um, this one appears to be actually pretty easy to use as well now that I'm sitting here playing around with it <laughs> while we're talking. <laughs> um, and you get a couple different characters you can use. Um, I think that you get... Um, you, you get a few more characters on the witty comics, but um, they have different action poses in Tune Do. So, but again, it's something that either teachers could use to create something to use, or something that kids could create to use as part of explaining something or getting stories across. So, very easy to use. Um, and it also has adds visual spaces, I notice. What? It also has Tundu spaces where you can actually share them in a group. So if you had a, a class, you could share them amongst the class, or you, you wanted to share it amongst the school, you could share them amongst the school within mm-hmm. the space, and it's it's private and secure and enclosed. So that's kind of cool. Because then you don't have to worry about having them shared all over the world. Right. And you, you are, and the, the, the license costs money, but there's a 15-day trial. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Witty Comics seems to be pretty much free. Mm-hmm. So, um, a demo video. But there is some there's so, so there's some things you can you can play with, and it's just one of those cool tooly things that you can use to help make things more visual for kids without you having to recreate everything in, uh, under the sun. So I would I would strongly suggest checking that out. We are for that. And I've now lost Sean, haven't I? Uh-oh. You're yeah, off, you're well, off playing you with... Create a space for your your class, and I got, I got a first-hour class that this would be perfect for. <laughs> so I'll see you when you get done. Okay. Well, next up... <laughs> And this is one that's going to blow your mind, Sean. <laughs> if you think that one took, if you think that one took some time, take a look at cooltoolsforschools.wikispaces.com. Open in my twenty seventh tab. Yes. Well, this this one's worth twenty seven, and when when you get to this one, you're going to have a problem because what this is is this is a great link for links to powerful tools. So let's say that you're looking for um, some presentations um, software. You go to Cool Tools for Schools and you click on Presentation Tools and you're going to get a whole list of them. Um, Presentit, Animoto, 
one of your favorites. Uh, I like Annie Little. Yeah, right. Uh, Vuvox, Vitex, Vcasmo, Seismic, Zoho Show, um, Prezo, Prezi, which I know you also like Prezi, Slide 6, 280 slides. I like 280 slides. Thumbstacks, Present.io, My Brain Shark, Slide Rocket, Slide, Slide Share, Author Stream, Slide Boom, Photo Show, Voice Thread, Museum Box, Impressor, My Photo Album, My. You get the idea that there's quite a lot of things here. <laughs> yeah, some neat stuff. Ooh, mapping. I'm going to go to the mapping one. Right. You can't stop me. I'm going. I, I can't. You're not in the same room. That's true. You can't stop me. So you can't, oh, see, that's another thing. You can't reach through Skype and stop me. Yet. You can't reach through iChat. I can't reach through iChat either. Stop me. That's right. Yeah. So this is a good, good spot for one-stop shopping for somebody who's going. Okay, what tool do I use for this? And it gives you the opportunity to find some things, and you can check them out and see what you like and what you don't like, and um, kind of go from there. Some of them have have examples you can click on and look at. I notice mm-hmm. the mapping mapping one does. For example, Weiss's has a beta. It is a beta, and it has an example you can click on. Uh, ooh, trip it. Oh, personal travel. Oh, personal travel assistant. Trip it. Look at that. You know we could make our, our plans for NMSA in Indianapolis using Trip it. I use Trip it. Just, just Trip it. I just. <laughs> yeah, I use Trip it. I actually like Trip it. We I used it for um, our our college visits this year. Oh, cool. So um, I like TripIt. I think what it's. Tri- what, what college did you finally decide to go to? I, I haven't decided yet. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's there and there there's a mix of paid things and free things, but um, mm-hmm. there's just just tons of resources there. So we can lose you for hours and hours and days. New Zealand. And there goes Sean. <laughs> Now, one thing, and I think we had this in the show last week, but I don't think we covered it. Um, did we cover the seven amps, the six for Mac users, or no? I think maybe um, we did. No, I don't think we did. Okay. There's a link in the show notes to this as well, but I thought we'd talk about it real quick. They have seven free apps for education, um, and these are some good ones. Audacity, which allows you to record um record things and do a it's a free audio editing program and it is truly an audio editing program it, you can do tons with it but if you just want to record things you can do that as well um it's a little kludgy in getting the um mp3 you have to because of mp3 licensing you have to download what's called the lame encoder um but they help you kind of walk through that as well um, so you can save things as MP3s, and then you could post them to your blog, and you could easily have instructions for your kids in in voice. Um, they have Dia, which is Windows only, which is a flowchart making software. I don't know that one. They have GIMP, which is basically Photoshop, but free. Um, not quite as as visually appealing as Photoshop, but just about as powerful. Um, Composer, with a K, um, which is a full, a f- freely full-featured HTML website creation program. I've not used it, so I don't know that one. Open Office, which is available from Windows and Mac, which is re- Microsoft Office compla- replacement. I personally like NeoOffice for the Mac better than OpenOffice, but for the Windows, I use OpenOffice. Um, XMind, which lets you to do mind mapping, and Google SketchUp, which is really fun. And kids really get that. You can create um, houses and 3D plans, and you can do things in 3D and Google SketchUp. So um, you can check those out. Cool. I was trying to go fast through those, so right. hopefully I did. Yep, I think you did. Okay, and it, and there's good descriptions on the website for, for each of those too. So if you, if you want to, if if you know we didn't do enough for you there, or we all we do is whet your appetite, you should go and check those out. And we'll we'll post the links in our show notes for that as well. Absolutely. Yep. 
All right. Um, I think we got something from Brainy Flicks this week, too. Oh, we did. We got an email from Brainy Flicks this week. Um, <laughs> it's usually you, so I thought I would... I was going to say, and suddenly <laughs> I, I'm trying to recall what it said. But it, it, Brainy Flicks, is the, they're the ones from MIT that do the... You pick a word, and then you, you show what the word is, and then you submit it to their website, and they, after, for the first so many... That, and it has to be from a list of words that they have. Um, they, they give iTunes cards and whatnot. Um, I think they're doing it again. Um, it was really successful last year. Uh, so uh, check that out, and we'll post that link as soon as I can find it. Uh, well, here uh, here it is. It's um, They're back with more vocab contests, courtesy of our friends at MIT and Salesforce. Um, they received over 800 videos last time, and so I think they're going to try to beat that. Um, this time they're starting out with Brainy Picks Flashcard Contest, in which students create interesting sentences and pair them up with memorable pi- pictures as a visual cue. Between now and December 7th, we'll be, be, we'll be selecting five Brainy Picks each week, week, which will qualify for a grand prize of $200. We're also giving out iTunes songs for every five Brainy Picks created and gift cards to the runner-ups of the finale. And there's full details at uh, com slash main slash contest underscore rules. Of course, there'll be a link to that on the show, show notes as well. So people can check that out, and we will definitely link to them um, and see what's going on. My kids did one of these last year. Uh, they they wanted to do defenestrate, so they defenestrated a kid, which they had a ton of fun doing, filming it, and in the process, they really learned what the word meant and um, its application. And uh, they they were talking about it all the way through to the end of the year about defenestration and defenestrating and what it means to defenestrate. Absolutely, and I remember that quite well. And for those of you who missed it last year, do you want to define defenestrate for them? Because yeah, I think fun. this will lead a win to a window of your personality. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they um, they threw a kid out a window. <laughs> Defenestration is to be thrown out a window. <laughs> now, you know, I certainly hope they don't have the need to use that a lot. <laughs> but they won't forget it. Right. And that's part of the, the key there is just... You know, not not forgetting. And half the fun was building the set so they could, you know, throw the kids safely out the window. And, you know, all that stuff leads to remembering what the word means. So Yeah, and and it's also, it's, it goes to the learning process as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that's fun and something that, that they is memorable and something that they can use later on as they're... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learning some other things. All right, let's see. I think we might have time for one short news story. Um, okay. And that is, um, this is by Christopher L. Doyle, and this is called Growing Up Scripted. And um, he's basically saying that, and, and he starts out with, when I asked, the, when I asked, oh, I propose a brief experiment in citizenship. Find a teenager and ask her if she thinks she will grow up to lead a free life. The results might give you pause. When I asked this of my upper middle class high school students recently, nearly every one of the 11th and 12th graders said no. The problem is that adolescents imagine adulthood as an extension of their own experience and see most then see themselves as overworked, overregulated, and overstressed. They have a point. Anyone over the age of 40 who spends much time with kids recognizes that growing up today is dramatically different. Compared to other generations, children now seem overprescribed. They have less time to play on their own outside the authority of adult coaches, teachers, and minders. I like the minders part. Uh, They take more standardized tests. They get more homework. They are far more likely to be diagnosed with psychological malady of stress, depression, or attention deficit variety, and to be medicated. 
Um, medicated. <laughs> medicated. Oh, wait, wait, not my medication, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he also says that they grow up bereft of role models for freedom. Most have heard of Henry David Thoreau, Jack Kerouac, or Walt Whitman, but they do not see people, such people as real, realistic examples for living. Um, so it's a it's an, an, a neat little article. I think it's a at least a thought provoking one about um, how do kids grow up? How should kids grow up? What should we be doing with kids? Um, and and how does that work for for what we're doing? And you know how does that fit in with a longer school year? Um, you know, more time on task, um, and those kinds of things. And, you know, it's easy to say that these kids have it easy, but, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. And something, again, I think it's a good thought provoker and a good discussion topic, and maybe as a staff, even, um, to have that kind of conversation and see where people fall on that as well. Sean's being very quiet. Okay, well, it is... Sorry, I'm back on the uh, cool tools. You're back on cool tools. I knew I'd lost it. Um, If you do nothing else, check out the cool tools for schools because that really has a lot of stuff... Um, we shouldn't. We probably shouldn't have given that one away. We probably should just use that one to, <laughs> as our resources for the next few weeks. But I was going to um, say that, that that could be like several shows. We can, but we can still do that. And plus, we have NMSA coming up. So once we hit NMSA, that's usually focus for our conversation for several weeks. So that's true. But strongly um, check that out and let us know whether you like that one or not. Um, just go to the website, middleschoolmatters.com, and click on the comment link and give us a comment there. Uh, drop us an email at middleschooleducators at gmail.com. Um, we certainly would appreciate another review on iTunes, um, if you can. So head over to iTunes and post us a review there. We'd appreciate that. Um or give us a shout out on Twitter. MS Matters um, is our Twitter handle, and Twitter is back up now. So you may re- you may you may resume the waste of time, <laughs> according to some people. Hey, <laughs> according to some people. <laughs> so okay, tweets I missed. <laughs> I pop some tweets in there just as in, in case we needed them. Um, all right, with that. I think we're going to we're going to call it a show and say this is middle school matters for middle school educators who care <laughs> <laughs>